Welcome to SWAT Radio. I'm Brad Sykes, along with my good friend Jerry Sinclair, here for the third day uh, with me here at SWAT Radio. If you're expecting to hear Doug and Taylor, my apologies. Doug and Taylor are out this week, and I am filling in for Doug. Glad to be here, and uh, glad to have my good friend Jerry Sinclair in the studio. What's up, Jerry? Well, Brad, it's just uh, been really great being with you this week, and looking forward to... uh, us wrapping things up today, and hopefully we give the audience some things to think about consider. I was going to say, do we ever wrap up on a topic like this? Not really. No. <laughs> uh, for those listeners, maybe you, you haven't tuned in the last couple of days, uh, Jerry is with a ministry called Faithful and True. They're ministering to sexually broken men and their families. Um, just a public service warning, if you have small children, I would recommend that you turn the volume down um, and then turn us up tonight. You can go to SWATradio.com. This podcast, this recording will be up tonight uh, for sure. Uh, James is so good at doing that, but we just want to make sure you're aware that we are talking about a topic that is uh, is maybe uh, not often talked about. Jerry, would you agree? It seems like the the topic of sexual purity is avoided at all cost in the church today it, it, i know we haven't really talked about that over the last two days but i think it's something that needs to be said we just had a, a brother come into the studio here just a minute ago you know who you know he asked what you did you told him and i mean immediately he responded with what you and i would agree with it, it needs to be dealt with and yet Sexual purity and the temptations that are out there in our culture and in our society, social media, Netflix, you name it, we're bombarded with it. So you better deal with it. Uh, I had a very wise pastor tell me that uh, sexual um, behavior in the church is probably the last battleground that we will uh, will face um, maybe before eternity starts and our time on earth ends. And uh, there was a lot of a lot of thought put into that when he said it, and I just kind of thought about it myself, and have kind of kind of buried that thought in my my heart that uh, this may be one of the many signs of the last times, uh, and we've talked about this on and on for decades. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember talking about it fifty years ago. Yeah, that uh, the, the end times are close. Well, they're closer today than they were fifty years ago, and um, and this seems to be a topic that was not even. Broached. I remember 25 years ago when I first started this ministry, I'd go into a church and the pastor said, I got no problem here in my church with that stuff. Yeah. And he didn't know it, but two of his men were going to my meetings. And uh, and I had several pastors give me all kinds of cold shoulders. And I had one give me one today. He was too busy to talk to me. And I'm sure he had a lot of things on his plate. But this is not one of them that needs to be. Uh, that this issue needs to be addressed, and uh, it needs to be addressed, of course, the proper way. And one of our th- ministry highlights is we try to give pastors enough ammunition so they can go to the pulpit boldly and proclaim uh, that uh, sexual purity is still uh, at, at the forefront of God's thinking. He didn't write the scripture 
thou shalt not commit adultery mm-hmm. just for those times. Right. And it's not up for today. Uh, he applied scripture both yesterday and today and forever. You know, we <clears throat> I just mentioned that we had a friend who just kind of dropped his head in here for a minute. And one of the things uh, you you mentioned, he mentioned too, was the importance of moms and dads being involved. I was just reading this. It says, in today's world, anything goes. I'm often astounded at what I see and hear coming from folks who call themselves Christians. The way they dress is often immodest, and the things they say tell anything but the testimony of Jesus Christ. It is sad to see, but the good news is that it is not too late to spread the message of purity. Now, I don't think the message is about purity. The message is the gospel, because the gospel is the power to Mm -hmm. transform a life. But it goes on, it says, purity begins with mom and dad in the home, and it should be also reinforced in our churches. And Jerry, you know, as as a father of five, and uh, the oldest is 33, the youngest is 20. Uh, having raised kids in this culture, and I can't even imagine what the next 10 to 15 years could look like if we don't, as parents, start to engage our children in the things they're exposed to. You know, you think about kids from the time they come out of the womb and you bring them home, what you feed them, you keep an eye on. You know, what, what What are the ingredients in this? <laughs> I'm sure a lot of the things we fed our kids weren't great. I actually went to uh, went to Costco with my oldest daughter today to do a little grocery shopping. And uh, she's got four boys at home. And, I mean, some of the stuff they put in their mouth, it's probably not the greatest stuff for you. But you're careful. You lock the cabinets, right, underneath the sink so that they can't get into stuff that could hurt them. And yet we hand children these phones and these computers and what they have access to, what their minds are being fed, and uh, it's just sad. And so, you know, I think my, my passion, my heart is to make disciples, and uh, a lot of that is geared toward men, uh, young men who are raising families. And, guys, if you're out there and you're listening and you've got teenage kids or kids that are coming into that age group, don't wait. Start dealing with it. Start getting involved in it. Even if your pastor doesn't bring it up, you need to bring it up. You need to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I mentioned to our friend that came in was uh, really parents are at a big disadvantage because the culture is a 24-hour cycle, and they have their phones with them, like you mentioned, all the time. And the parents only have so much influence. And you can almost tell by the time the child reaches age 12 or 13, they're going to start tuning their parents out and turning the culture in. And it really takes a strong child and strong parents not to be doing that. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure a lot of Christian parents have done everything that they could do and did them the right way. But nevertheless, they still are fighting a battle against a culture that is influencing their uh, teenagers and their young adult children tremendously. Yeah. And it's a constant battle. And uh, you know, there's a book out called Every Man's Battle that deals with sexual sin. Uh, it's a great title, but I'm not really thrilled about the book. So... If you have one, tear off the cover and maybe put it on your refrigerator. Reminds you about the battle that young men go through, and now even young women are going through as well. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, it is a battle that we most men are faced with today. 
it, it, it's very real. It, I mean, and the men that I meet with, it's a very small percentage that this isn't an issue. It may not be an addiction. It, it's not that as much as it is the temptation. In fact, it kind of the 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 title of what we're talking about this week that I kind of threw out there was sexually tempted, sexually addicted, mm-hmm. and, and and there's a difference. Our, our Savior is. was tempted, mm-hmm. yes, yet without sin. Mm-hmm. We're going to be tempted, but we do have the wherewithal and the ability and the power to actually reject those things. You know, I was thinking Ephesians four twenty two says. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Listen, we have deceitful desires in us. We have to acknowledge that that's a reality. But we're to put that off. And we can do that. Sometimes it's hitting the remote control and turning it off or changing the channel. You know, or turning your phone, put your phone away. There's so many things that we are just easily drawn into. And uh, and as we kind of began talking about uh, the first day on Monday was this idea of isolation. These devices that we have in our hands and on our fingertips really are just an island that we go to and escape yep. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the scripture, Isaiah 59, 2 says, But your iniquities have separated you and God, and your sins have hid his face from you so that he will not hear you. You know, if you want to be heard by God, you, you got to get the sexual sin out of your life. And it doesn't happen overnight. If you've been addicted for years, it's going to take a little while to get that scrubbed out, get that out of your memory bank. One of the things, we talked about biological uh, issues yesterday and how is the brain affected by this. There's actually a, a ditch between the right brain and left brain. It's an electrical ditch where the receptors and transmitters are not connecting. And that's why addicted men and women, uh, both with chemicals and with uh, with their own behavior, uh, don't seem to connect with the people around them. And one of the reasons is because they're engaged or fully engaged in something that they uh, have been breaking their core values. I often suggest to people that uh, uh, they need counseling. And they'll say, well, what do we need counseling for? He says, well, you've been violating your core values that were taught to you by your parents Mm -hmm. and by preachers in the pulpit for the last 10, 15, 20 years plus, and you're breaking those core values. And you're going to need a counselor to help you see see the light again. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's that's a reality. We've talked a lot uh, here over the last couple of days about counseling. Faithful and true, the ministry you're a part of, is really discipleship. It's counseling, discipleship, Mm -hmm. but you're not a licensed, trained, I mean, you're trained probably, Mm -hmm. but you're trained by God's word. Yes. And and Mm -hmm. the idea is this is a real thing. This is a real temptation. It's a real addiction. It's a real problem for the family, for the church, and for our society as a whole. And there are many men in our society and in our churches that are struggling in the area of sexual purity. And if that may be you, you know somebody who is? Call Jerry. His number is 904-443-0246. Jerry, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back, but uh, look forward to kind of jumping back into this again. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. 
That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes here filling in for Doug McCary, who's out this week. And I've got a special guest and a dear friend of mine, Jerry Sinclair, here in the studio with me today. If you haven't uh, joined us over the last couple of days, let me encourage you, go to SWATradio.com. You can listen to the past two broadcasts that Jerry and I have done. And, Jerry, oftentimes our memories are very short, or at least. My, the older I get, I realize how short my memory is. Sometimes I like to go back and listen to some of the things we talked about. And I want to encourage our listeners to go back and listen to what you and I have spoken about. If you have young children, again, I just want to warn you, we're going to be talking about uh, some issues of sexual purity, sexual addiction, sexual temptations. And uh, we're going to have a guest actually join us uh, after the half hour. And um, looking forward to that. But kind of to jump back in what we were talking about is you know the society and the culture at large right now is 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 kind of i would say the enemy is certainly working through what we see in the media today and what we're exposed to i I saw this quote by tommy nelson i I don't know i had a friend text me earlier uh who said you know what do you recommend if you're going to raise children today you know, you've, you're probably familiar with Tommy Nelson's Song of Solomon series, which he did back in the late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> I mean, I remember hearing Tom, Tommy's uh, pastor of Denton Bible Church. He's been our guest here at SWAT Radio a couple of times, two or three times. Uh, dear friend of Doug's, uh, great, great preacher, just a good expositor of the Word of God. And back in the late 80s, early 90s, he tackled the Song of Solomon. Now, there are not a lot of pastors back in the late 80s, early 90s who were willing to kind of wrap their mind, their hearts, and their voices around that book. But I'll tell you, Tommy's such a just a good old Texas boy, and he does a great job. And I have actually taken all of my kids through that tape series. 
And uh, believe it or not, I had the cassette tapes. Remember those things we yeah. used to have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had I had the cassette tapes, and then I got the the, the CDs. And now, of course, you can go on at Denton Bible Church, and you can go listen to it live, or go listen to the old recordings. But Jerry, they're twenty five, thirty years old, and they're as true today mm-hmm. as they've ever been. That's right. And if you are a dad out there, mm-hmm. you've got a teenage daughter, you got teenage sons, or maybe you got they're about to turn those age. It's not. It's not. Don't think it's too early to start dealing with mm-hmm. the issue of sexual purity. And uh, Tommy says this. He says in all situations. A person will choose to live according to God's way or man's way. The problem with man's way is that it changes and always fails. God's plan, on the other hand, is always perfect, directional, prescriptive, and rewarding. You know, one of the things that is absolutely true about our society is it's always changing. God never changes. What was preached 30 years by Tommy Nelson, you could turn it on today and go, wow, that's good today. Do you agree? I mean, I'm sure you agree, Mm -hmm. but I think regarding, in in reference to equipping our children in the home, Mm -hmm. we're going to make disciples. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. You're kind of on the back end. You're dealing with men and women who have already fallen. They're, They're already deep into it. Mm-hmm. They've either been caught or they have come forward and said, I've got a problem, and you're dealing with it. It's triage. Triage, exactly. It's triage. You we, know, we, and, and I will tell you that every man that walks through our doors is not always a candidate for our group, though they think they are, and I think they mm-hmm. are, and I would like for them to be. But there's usually the, it's a bell curve. There's probably about less than 10% uh, that uh, they, they probably don't – it's not a fit for them. There's probably also about the less than 10% that are so far down the road that they're going to need to go to a probably a lockdown facility for about six weeks mm. to two mm. months mm. and spend a whole lot of time in therapy on a daily basis and really just have a complete rebuild of their life. And um, we try to deal with that group in between, that 80, 85% group, that bell curve that's really huge. And uh, and we can help them with the triage program that we have where we identify you know where the issues are where the weaknesses are and we talked yesterday about the, the the full armor of god we will find out very quickly within probably one or two meetings what part of the armor of god they're not accessing mm. and then we'll <clears throat> challenge them and encourage them they need to get back into that surprisingly we have people contacting a christian ministry like ours and they don't go to church mm. And that's one of the first things I ask is, where do you go to church? Oh, we haven't been in a long time. Well, I think that's something you need to, you need to correct right away. Yeah. yeah. It was a father, because I usually am talking to the husbands. You need to take the lead on that. If you go, your family will follow. If you don't go, absolutely, they're not going to go. No, absolutely. You know, Jerry, uh, and we, we somewhat understand our audience out there who is listening right now. A lot of men, a lot of dads. And the the importance, so many men feel like they're not equipped to make disciples. And yet God, in his sovereign purposes, gave you children in your own home. And we need to be serious about making disciples. We don't have any problem teaching a young boy how to throw a spiral with a football. 
or a fastball or a curveball or hit a golf ball or a tennis ball or swim or soccer, whatever. Far more important than those things are to sit down with that child. Go, go, go get ice cream together. Go sit on a park bench together. Skip rocks, whatever. As you rise up, when you lie down, there's an opportunity to teach them and to do life with them. And don't miss it. You know, you and I, I mean, I, I mentioned my last is 20 off at college. Listen, th- those days are gone. It, it doesn't mean I don't have a voice in their life. But while you've got a voice in their life, take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Be a good steward of the time that God has given you with those children because it will pay dividends. Yep. Uh, there will be fruit in that. That doesn't mean that if you do it, they're going to come out perfect. It, listen, I know good godly men who've raised kids that have just gone off the deep end, and it's sad. But listen, that's not that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to, to teach them. Well, one of the things that people forget is that Scripture uh, that said uh, that, you know, you tramp a child the way he should go, you know, not depart from it. Well, you know, it doesn't mean he's going to depart from it. Depart can mean all kinds of things right. at various levels. But he's going to come back. Mm. That's the most important thing. That godly truths instilled in the child between the ages of 5 years old to 15 years old and beyond, those truths don't go away. They don't disappear just because the child goes off the deep end. Mm. And I really encourage parents, don't wait, like you said, until they're in their teens to decide you're going to instill some discipline in them. They're going to, not going to listen to you then. Yeah. Now, if you've got a child that's disobeying God's word and he's being uh, uh, really belligerent about it, bringing pornography into the home through his iPhone or through his desktop computer, if he's uh, engaging in uh, extramarital or extrasexual affairs within his high school uh, group, then it's time to start laying down some rules that he's not going to like. You've got to set some discipline up, some guardrails, as you talked about yesterday, about uh, his behavior and you know maybe taking away his iPhone mm-hmm. or his car keys mm-hmm. and a few other inconvenient things. It's going to be inconvenient mm-hmm. to be a parent, yeah. but that's only going to work for two or three years, and then he can decide what he wants to do. If he wants to leave the home at 18, then you've done your job. Well, you, you used the word triage a minute ago. You know, it, it, if you know anybody who's had cancer uh you know if you had stage four cancer you want that doctor to get radical right and the, the the problem when it comes to a lot of the issues we're dealing with in society and as we're talking about sexual purity temptation addiction all these things is there some radical action that needs to be taken you know I, you talked about the inconvenience Sometimes it, it it's just it's inconvenient. I'd much rather have my child have a computer or a phone. It'll keep him occupied. You know, not that I remember these days, but I know that uh, I could go. I'd come home from school or something, and maybe I'd sit down as a, a grade school kid and sit in front of the TV and watch uh, Lassie or Leave It to Beaver or you know, just name the program that you and I grew up on. Mm-hmm. Now, we've got that same behaviors taking place, but what we're putting our kids in front of and what they're exposed to is very concerning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of the messaging that goes on at Disney, it sounds all sweet and innocent. It's not. And I, I just I want to kind of get pointed, you know, question even to you, because you are where you are in this ministry because of a past mm-hmm. sin in your yeah. life in this area. 
speak to the men that are out there. What are, what are the what are the temptations? Because I think there's so many different temptations upon men today. And, and obviously, we're talking about men in the church, men who have committed yes. and mm-hmm. at least verbally committed that, that they've surrendered their life to Christ. Yeah, that is true. And the temptations for men uh, today is, 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 like you've said all week this week, it's different than it was back 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, access to pornography was uh, difficult but not impossible. As a child and as a teenager, you know, you find it. You'll find it where the stash is. It mm-hmm. could be a buddy's dad's stash. Yeah. It, my own father eventually <laughs> had a stash that I didn't know he had. When I got caught back um, when I was eight years old, I was exposed to pornography by a kid in the neighborhood. Hmm. We wanted to play cowboys and Indians more than we wanted to look at pornography, believe it or not. But that that's that was nice, but right. let's go and play. Right. Well, his parents called him in, so we got to go out. We're going out to dinner, and you're coming with us. They let the garage door open, so I decided to go back for a second look. Now that was a lust hit. Yeah. Yep. First time was this exposure, but then was a lust hit. And then I looked at this big stack of magazines that probably weren't more than a foot off the ground. But that was a big stack to me as a child. And I said, he's not going to miss this. I'm going to go ahead and take it. So I took that magazine with me. And that's, now I'm a thief. Mm-hmm. And then I go home and I conceal the magazine in my chest of drawers, thinking my mother or father would never find it there. Now I'm concealing my sin. Yep. And then, believe it or not, she had just done the laundry. She goes into my chest of drawers. I'm in the shower or in the bathtub. I come out, and the dad comes home from work, and my mom has this and has, a, has the magazine. Four times, four things I've done, four sins. Mm. Mm. Lust, theft, concealing, and lying. I said, I don't know how that got there. Yeah. So that was that was tough, and that, that that's what men go through. Go yeah. Boy, you, you nailed it, and that whole idea of, of hiding, this, this whole idea of hiding is such a real thing. Glad you joined us. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to have a guest on the other end of this uh, this break when we come back. But uh, if you have any calls, any any questions, 844-777-7928. Go to ask at swatradio.com if you have a question, and we'll see you in just a minute. Sykes, love that song, There's a Better Life, That Life is in Christ. I'm Brad Sykes again, uh, filling in for Doug McCary this week, and uh, I'll be with you till uh, till Friday. Doug will be back in the studio, studio, Doug and Taylor back on Monday, and it's always an honor to come back to this place that has been so such a great, uh, comfortable spot for me. Uh, I miss being on the air uh, every day, but it's, uh, it's a lot of work, Jerry. Yes. And, uh, 
I'm glad to have my good friend Jerry Sinclair in studio with me all week, or not all week, but at least till today, through today. And it's been a great uh, discussion as we've been talking about Jerry and Susan, the ministry of faithful and true, some of the things that we are uh, dealing with in our culture, you know, in the, the whole aspect of hiding and, and sexual temptation and sexual addiction. Uh, we were talking about it just before we went on the break, and we've got a guest that's going to join us here. But I was thinking about Ephesians 4.19 that says, They have become calloused and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Is there ever a, a, a day or a week that goes by where you're just not, your jaw doesn't drop at what we, what has become just kind of normal to us? It becomes normal. We get be desensitized yes to yeah. what's going on in the culture yeah. and uh and our guest is uh, probably a, as, as close of an expert that i know personally about culture and the cultural clash of the postmodern church and um uh, his name's jay haig and jay has um uh been, been in ministry most of his life and um and i'll let you tell i'll let him tell you a little bit more about that uh he started the ministry about uh oh about eight years ago and uh, I'm glad to tell you about that as well. Jay, are you with us? I'm with you, Jerry. Here we are. I'm with you. Great. Well, Brad and I would love to hear about you and your ministry. So uh, you, you start talking. The microphone is yours. <laughs> All right. Well, um, it's good to be with you, Brad and Jerry. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a problem that has been around a long time, but it has uh, been turbocharged the last number of years with uh, – a whole generation growing up with the internet and with complete access to everything that's available digitally. And um, so what we did was uh, about seven uh, or eight years ago, several of us who were in recovery ourselves got together and we said, you know, we need to uh, begin to address this in the church context among the Christian community. We need to begin to go upstream a little bit. And we discovered that most of the people we see, we only see when they crash. And most people, when they crash, it's often in midlife. It's in their 30s and 40s. They have wives and children, and the devastation is great. So we said to ourselves, why don't we go upstream and begin to help the church, Christian leaders, pastors, therapists, etc., to come to terms with this, to have the resources to kind of normalize the struggle and to realize that it's out there, it's not going away, that Christians struggle with it just as non-Christians do. And so we founded uh, Living Without Lust, which is, uh, we call ourselves, a referral resource and educational nonprofit. And we we began with a, a kind of a barbell approach. We help men in the struggle with lust. So we refer them into um, Christian therapists, into short-term uh, uh, treatments where they go away and kind of got a, in, intense uh, exposure to what the problem is, and their, their brains begin the process of healing. And then they come back, we get them into a, a Christian therapist situation, and we can work with people throughout the country because we have resources that identify who's good in this area. And then we get them into some kind of uh, community, 12-step recovery. And then if they're lonely and uh, isolated, which they often are, if they've lost their jobs, if they've been fired from their ministries or their uh, employment, for, for various reasons, or have been arrested, we come alongside them and we get them the support and the mentorship they need to get them through this crisis period. 
And then on the other end of the barbell is the Christian leader approach. And this is a hard one because pastors are very busy. They're busy with all kinds of programs. And all of a sudden, they look up and they've got a bunch of people, a bunch of men in their church who are struggling with this. And they don't know how to help them. And they don't know how to address it from a congregational setting. They don't know how the gospel applies to it. You just read from Ephesians 4, which is a beautiful passage that talks about uh, the change that is necessary with for us in Christ and is enabled and empowered in Christ uh, to live a life that's fully pleasing to Him. And um, so we help them to begin to talk about this. We help them to begin to say things publicly, like once every six months to say, you know, if you're struggling with this, don't struggle alone. Other people are struggling. Come talk to me. There's help and there's hope. There are resources out there for you. And so we begin to uh, do this. And my pastor, uh, Bill Driscoll, has begun to do this. He preached about it about three or four weeks ago in this Ephesians 4 passage. And it was beautiful. And he, he almost didn't mention, I think he mentioned pornography. Uh, Paul speaks about sensuality. That's the real issue here. But uh, we begin to, to open the subject up and to provide the kind of resources and help for people. Uh, and we begin, the gospel does address this. Jesus addresses it. He addresses it in Matthew 5, 27 and 28 when he said the problem is not behavior, it's not adultery. It is lust. It is an internal spiritual misconnection which is driving all these behaviors. And it doesn't really matter. I mean, we all know what the behaviors are. Uh, there are hookups online, there are hookups with anonymous sex, there are hookups with various people, there's lots of porn, there's masturbation, there's adultery, all of this stuff. Those are all behaviors, but they all come from one origin, and Jesus identified what it was. So we have to get to the root, and the gospel speaks to that root. And the real connection that God offers us through Jesus Christ is that vital connection of love and intimacy and connection, the one we're all looking for, and that is the one... It's the first quenching connection that Jesus talks about with the woman of Samaria in John chapter 4. Well, Jay, that's a lot to, to take in, and, and it, but it really is concise in a way because, as you said, you're going upstream. You're trying to catch the guy before he gets into a, um, a compromising situation because I always talk about faithful and true being a get-caught ministry where the guy has hit a rock bottom. And... Uh, you catch them hopefully before they hit the rock bottom, but they're aware that they have work to do. And how do you help them identify yeah. that? Well, it's hard because uh, the denial is so great, and the, the denial and secrecy of this, and of course much of it, as you know, Jerry, begins in the teen years or even the pre-teen years with this habit of hiding and using porn and master, compulsive masturbation and other sexual behaviors, and uh, we try to stop, and it's difficult. For some, they think they can't stop. And then there's this denial about what it's going to lead to. They think, well, the biggest lie that Christian men believe is when they get married, they're going to stop. And what they realize, finally, when they do get married is they don't stop because marriage brings to the surface a lot of the emotional and spiritual issues that have been lying there inside this person's soul. And it makes it harder, actually. So it actually can provoke greater sexual addiction uh, in marriage. So it's often when the consequences happen that people... Um, but, you know, AA dealt with this. Um, I'm a part of the 12-step program that's based on AA. 
And AA at the beginning dealt with what they called low-bottom drunks. These were the guys in the gutter. These were the guys that were uh, on uh, their deathbeds. They were in hospitals and so on. But as AA grew along, they began to do with high-bottom drunks. These are guys who maybe were tipsy on a Friday night or um, they led to actually sexual behavior based upon their alcohol abuse. And I think that's what we're beginning to do. We're beginning to say that, you know, this is a problem that you can uh, address as long as you're willing to be honest. If you're willing to be honest about where this is leading or could lead, then you can get the help you need. Not everybody may need to go into a 12-step group. They may just go to talk to a therapist, change some things about maybe their uh, Internet use or whatever, go into some kind of accountability situation. But the true addict is going to need something uh, that's much more um, rigorous, much more systematic, He's going to have to go to meetings. He's going to really have to deal with it, uh, work as his program, whatever that program is. So um, there's a lot of people out there who need help. But uh, the high bottoms need it just as much as the low bottoms. That is correct. And uh, we do see both kinds in, in, our, in both of our ministries. So, um, uh, Jay, tell our audience how they can get a hold of your ministry and what's the best way to do that. Well, thank you, um, Jerry. The, the best way is to go to our website. Uh, we're livingwithoutlust.com. Uh, if you go to the website, there's all kinds of resources there, videos, there's a blog where some of our stories are up there. Um, we actually are running a series of Zoom seminars, which they can attend. You can, that uh, new series is going to start September 17th at noon Eastern. Uh, so you can actually join in with that and ask some of our thought leaders and presenters questions. We have therapists, pastors, ministry leaders who come and, and speak. Um, so that's the best, best way to be in touch with us is a way you can contact me there. Um, we have a hotline. There's all kinds of ways that you can get in touch with us, and um, we'll get back to you <laughs> soon. And usually it ends up with a one-on-one um, consultation where people can begin to say, okay, how do I begin to address this? And, of course, the big myth, here is people often looking for the quick fix, as you know. Well, let me go to a few meetings or talk to somebody and let me get this behind me. I'm sure you've heard that phrase. I want to get this behind me. Well, if it's a real compulsion, if it's a real addiction, you don't get it behind you. It's something you carry with you. And God has a purpose in all of this. There's a purpose for your life and a purpose for you to help others. It's all wrapped up in this. But we have to get beyond that uh, quick fix idea and get into a place where we're, we're real honest and real um, connected with others. You know, Carl Jung wrote a letter to Bill W. Um, years ago mm-hmm. when he said alcoholics were, were completely hopeless. He said the only thing they can do is have a deeply profound life-changing experience with God. That's the first thing they need. And the second thing they need is they need to be deeply involved with other people. That kind of Intimacy and connection is essential to recovery. Yeah. Right. Hey, uh, Jay, this is Brad. Uh, just We're going to take a break here in just about a minute, but I wanted to just uh, chime in here for a minute. You, you mentioned something when you first came on that uh, our culture is, is turbocharged. It's a great term. It, it is so much of what we're dealing with. I mean, there's hardly a day that goes by that you don't, you know, turn on your television, turn on the Internet, see the news of the day, and you're just – your jaw just drops at what we're we're seeing, and I mean, you're seeing you and Jerry are seeing it as well. I mean, the the extremes uh, of our society, 
especially in the area of sex, is just unbelievable. And, and you're right, it existed 2,000 years ago and before then, but now it's turbocharged because of you know what the accessibility of it, how easily accessible it is. And I, I was thinking, I remember as a kid, you may have been the same, where you had a go-kart that had a governor on it. That governor's been removed, and, and there's nothing. There's, it's like there's no authority anymore. And uh, God's word is not our authority. Uh, we may quote it, we may know it, but we haven't said Jesus is Lord. And uh, you know, a lot of people want Jesus as Savior. They just don't want him as Lord. And it never is that more evident than in this area of sexual temptation and sexual addiction. By the way, uh, you can check out that website that he already mentioned, livingwithoutlust.com. I'm on it right now. Great resources, great books there. So I want to encourage our listeners. Jay, will you are you able to join us after this next commercial break? Sure. Stay, sure. stay on with us. Perfect. Thank you so much. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a break here in just a minute. But again, you can go to livingwithoutlust.com. I'm just scrolling through the books. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel low. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes, along with my good friend Jerry Sinclair here. Jerry, thanks for being with me the last three days. Uh, it's great conversation. You know, people ask, God, can y'all actually talk about sexual addiction for three days? Listen, and, I, and I'm sure Jay could agree. We could go five, ten. We could go two, three, four weeks on this topic. We could make a whole program about it. Well, there's no question. And uh, anyway, uh, we've got Jay Haig on the line with us. Jay, you still there? I'm here. Great. Well, again, I, I got cut off as, as we went into that break, but I'm on that website, livingwithoutlust.com. 
And uh, I don't know if you caught J- uh, Jerry and I in the first couple of segments, but we got to talking about the importance of this this stuff, this material, this information uh, being dealt with in the church. And I know there's a lot of pastors, there's a lot of pastors who listen to us who will avoid this topic with everything they got. And yet I think it's one of the biggest struggles we're having uh, with men in the church today. I don't know if you could speak to that. You know, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Just the importance of, uh, you know, addressing the pain that's actually out there yeah. right now. Well, I think I view this as a huge opportunity. It's not a liability. It's an opportunity. You know, when the culture has a has a fascination, and we've today as we sit here, September first, twenty twenty one. The culture has never been more obsessed, and not just from the purient side of sexual stuff, but all the sexual identity stuff, the, the dysphoria, um, the, the gay movement, all of that stuff is raw material for the church to address. Because the myth is out there is, number one, the Christians are just judgmental. They want to judge people and get rid of them. Or, secondly, that they have nothing to say about this. And both of those are wrong. You know, the Church has been speaking about this since Augustine wrote his Confessions. If you read Augustine's Confessions, he deals with us in the raw and real stuff. Uh, one of the recovery groups calls itself the Augustine Fellowship, the Augustine Fellowship. It goes back that far. So what we have to do is to, to help pastors and leaders say that, it's number one, it's not going away. Number two, this is like the iceberg that's submerged, that, you know, the, the Titanic crashed because, not because of the iceberg they saw, but because the iceberg underneath the water that they didn't see. Mm. And what we're seeing is people crashing today because of the iceberg that we're not dealing with and we're not addressing. So we have to get informed, we have to get trained, we have to open our eyes and begin to speak about this and take advantage of this opportunity that the culture is giving to us. You know, when when Paul went to Athens in Acts chapter 17, he didn't open Isaiah or Jeremiah because they didn't know who Isaiah and Jeremiah were. He began to talk about the things that, they, that were presented to him, the idolatry, the philosophy, the, the songs that were being sung in the streets of Athens. All of those things were grist for the mill for him to then speak the gospel into. And that, uh, that uh, movement, that sermon, essentially... Uh, birthed a whole Christian apologist movement that spoke into the culture, beginning with the Greeks and then the Romans as well. And we need to do it again today. Boy, I couldn't agree with you more. Could not agree with you more. We were we were talking in the first or maybe maybe in the second segment of the program today, uh, Jay. That you, you know you and Jerry are very much on the what, and I don't want to say on the back end of what's going on today, meaning. You're dealing with men and couples and families that that are already wounded. <laughs> They're on the sidelines because they have fallen into this this sin. Um, and not that I don't deal with that. I, I I'm making disciples, and there are often times where I am, you know, eight, ten, twelve weeks into discipling a man, when it all of a sudden comes to the surface that this is an issue. And, and now you're you're kind of in a way backtracking. You're having to kind of go back. Uh, yet 
I think there's a there's there's got to be a strong emphasis toward getting ahead of this a little bit. Um, I was noticed. Yeah. I noticed one of the books in your in your resource uh, tab is uh, Josh McDowell. Uh, straight talk with your kids about sex. You know, most men who may be listening, the whole idea of talking to your kids about sex scares them to death, you know, uh, either because they have a lot of sexual past problems and they don't feel qualified to talk about it. I don't know if that's something you and Jerry deal with. I want to just mention something here, Jay, about, about that, uh, uh, our good friend, Dr. Mark Laser, who passed away two years ago, wrote a book also about talking to your kids about sex. And one of the things he recommends, and though this is a men's ministry that uh, SWAT radio, all that, but we have a lot of ladies who do listen in and wives are always plugged in listing all kinds of ways and tips to uh, speak to light into their children's lives. But Dr. Laser recommends that both the father and the mother have this conversation together mm-hmm. with their son, together with their daughter. Not as a family setting, but as just just mom and dad take one of the children out, age appropriate, and have a conversation about sex. Uh, when I was a, a young young parent, I just let my wife talk to our daughter. I said, that's your job. <laughs> I passed it off on her and said, you talk to our daughter about this stuff. Well, it worked because our daughter has turned out to be a great kid and a great mom. And uh, she was faithful to her husband before they were married and faithful to him since. So... You know, we didn't mess up too bad, but I really, uh, really strongly recommend that people go back and look at their ch- their their parenting skills and let them both come in together and speaking to the child, having a mom say how hurt she would be to have uh, female pictures in her son's uh, iPhone, how hurt she would be if she found those things on TV or on a video platform. And Jamie, you maybe you want to speak to that a little bit. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Josh McDowell. I think that's great advice for both of parents to be involved. But Josh McDowell said a couple of things. One, he said the average he started talking to his kids about sex very young, and I think we're we're you know a lot of churches, including my own, sometimes say, "Oh, we need to get the kids out because if they're too young, they don't want to hear about this." Well, Josh McDowell started talking about about sex very young, and he said they talk about it at the dinner table. And the average conversation lasts about 90 seconds. So the first thing we need to get rid of is the talk. The talk behind a rock in Maine, what my father gave me, mm. makes sex shameful. Yeah. The other thing Josh McDowell said was everything's called by their real name. They're by their anatomical name. And in other words, no nicknames or, mm-hmm. or off-color names. Everything is called by its real name, and every question gets answered. And he said, you'll be amazed when you answer the questions, the kids start to get it, and they also feel free about coming to you. And they say, oh, I was talking to this kid in the schoolyard, and he said X, Y, Z. What's that? They bring them to you because it's a natural family conversation. I know for a lot of people that sounds weird, but that's what we have to do. We have to get – we have a little booklet called Addressing the Elephant that we give, and it's how to have a conversation with a child over the ark of their whole um, existence with you in the family. So it's a you have the conversation continuously. You ask for the right to have it. You say that you're going to have it with your child, and you continue to bring up not only sexual things but other things that may be troubling, peer pressure, etc. And you talk about those things even then though they say, oh, mom, oh, dad, you know, I don't want to talk about that. 
you continue to bring it up and you make it normal. Yeah, I like that, Jay. I think the importance of just it's not a talk. It's talks. It's it's when you rise up and when you lie down throughout the day, we have opportunities to speak to those God has sovereignly placed right in our own way. And uh, boy, that that's great. I I I remember um, somebody saying to me that if you don't teach your kids, Disney will, uh, MTV will, uh, teachers will. What what a great opportunity we have, and we're we're kind of going to wrap up, but. The importance of this topic not being, you know, in the closet, so to speak. We got to get it out. If we, we get, yeah. If you uh, you quoted the thing about the scriptures, you know, the Old Testament scriptures. You talk about when you rise up, when you lie down, when you're on the way. Mm-hmm. If God's word is holy, what else is more holy than sexuality, than our own sexuality and the sexuality expressed? within marriage. Amen. If that's holy. Amen. We ought to talk about it just as much. What a privilege it is to talk about it, right? Yeah, it is. We got to shape the lives of those in our household. And regardless of what is out there, the most important person they want to hear from is us. That will make more difference than anything they read online or internet if we are willing to engage. Yeah. Jay, thanks so much for being with us today. Brad, take us home. Yeah. Hey, Jay, thank you so much. And for those listening, you can go to uh, Living Without Lust. That's Jay Haig, H-A-U-G. Great resources there. Go to uh, Faithful and True. You can call Jerry and Susan at 904-443-0246. Jerry, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you, Brad. All your help, brother. And we'll be back tomorrow talking uh, about the Great Commission Summit coming to Jacksonville on September 17th. See you then. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual